1: It is 12 past 7, Jim Gilbert joins us on the line, Nature Notes. Jim, it's been a while, how you been? Fine, how about you? Oh, good, good. (laughs) You know, I I saw a note this morning, and I I was reminded that uh, it was on this date uh, in 1965 that that terrible string of tornadoes moved through the Twin Cities area. It's a day that uh, anyone who's around for it will never forget. I
0: remember it well. Yes, I'd forgotten it was it was the sixth of May, but I knew it was right around here. Yeah, just oh, extraordinary.
1: Boy. And and reading the recounts or or reading the accounts and listening to some of the audio and the footage and the photos, it is just extraordinary what happened on that day.
0: I know, I know. We went. My dad and I drove to Navarre just to look around. It's right by the you know Lake Minnetonka area. Mm. But there were so many other parts that Twin Cities hit that day. Oh, yeah. Fred, yes.
1: Fridley just devastated by that tornado. I, I noted that uh, I was up uh, well, not even bright and early before bright, uh, and it is amazing if you get up before sunrise. Uh, the the birds are so active and full song this time of year.
0: Wow well, the, the the bird chorus is wonderful. As a matter of fact, Steve. I was out in our yard just a few minutes ago to get the temperature. It's 53 here. Uh, the sky is clear. We have northwest breeze. And I'm calling from our home northwest side of Lake Waconia, about 30 miles west of downtown Minneapolis. And, Steve, in in just the moment that I was outside to get the, the temperature, I heard American toads trilling, which is a really neat sound, but Canada geese honking, morning doves cooing, House Wren and Northern Cardinal Singing, and more. And our magnolia, we have a magnolia shrub in the front yard. It's just full of these big white blossoms. And right around the Twin Cities now, uh, many, many of these magnolia shrubs are in bloom. This would be, they, they have their white flowers and a few have pink flowers, and they do this before the leaves come out. And also, apricot trees are in bloom now. They have light pink-colored flowers. And actually, if you get close to them, they're pretty fragrant. But this past week was a busy one for the Gilbert family. Besides the usual track meets and soccer games and school and work, we added a new member to the family, Rory James Gilbert. He was born here in Waconia Ridgeview Medical Center to Leah and John Gilbert. John's our son. Uh, this past Thursday, May 3rd.
1: Oh, congrats, Jim.
0: Oh, well, thank you. It's it's well, it's a blessing here, Ted to have him be okay and the mom the mom's doing fine, the baby's fine the dad's fine <laughs> but anyway, his two older brothers Emmett, nearly five and Harrison, two, are excited to have the new baby brother at home that's Rory R-O-R-Y, so welcome to Rory sunrise today uh, 5.55 a.m set 8.25 and so Steve, that gives us 14 hours and 30 minutes of daylight. We are gaining a bit less than three minutes of daylight each day and have gained 19 minutes of daylight since last Sunday. And as of today, five hours and 43 minutes is the total daylight gain since December 21st, the winter solstice. We still have an hour and six minutes of daylight to gain by June 21st, our summer solstice here in the northern hemisphere. The normal high for today is 67, normal low 46. Records for today, May 6th in the Twin Cities, high 92. That was just set two years ago, 2016. The low, 25, was set 29 years ago, 1989. So low 25, high 92. The most precipitation we've had in this date, 1.51 inches, 30. 1939, 79 years ago. And it snowed in this day, 133 years ago, hmm. 1885, just a third of an inch on the Twin Cities.
1: Yeah, but still, I'm sure the, the folks way back in the day were not thrilled about that.
0: No, I'm sure they weren't. And uh, we're now one day past uh, quarter moon, and the moon rose at one thirty-two a.m., and you might have seen that on your way to work this morning. I'm not sure if you did or not, but anyway, this this moon will be setting this morning at 11:04 and our next full moon is May 29th. And last night and the night before, I noticed the planet Venus very bright in the evening sky. So, you look in the west or northwest, you know, about 15 degrees up. So, that's just a little bit up in the in the sky. And above the horizon, you see this beautiful, bright planet Venus in the west. This past week was interesting for those making outdoor observations in southern Minnesota. Lawn mowing began. Have you mowed yet, Steve?
1: No, but I, I'm getting close.
0: Yeah, I know. So our neighbors here, uh, we're we're a little behind here. But anyway, some farmers planted corn. The first rhubarb was pulled for sauce and pies, Throughout and throughout the Upper Midwest, many migrating bird species arrived. And hundreds and maybe several thousand of Minnesota lakes lost their ice covers. Um, I, have to, I have some reports here which are, I think are kind of fun. Dr. Doug McNaught, the Freshwater Society, and the Hennepin County Sheriff's Water Patrol declared ice out for Lake Minnetonka yesterday just after 12 noon. This was 21 days later than the April 14th median date when half of the recorded ice-outs have occurred earlier and half have occurred occurred later. For Lake Minnetonka, the May 5th ice-out was official when all 37 bays and all channels we're fully navigable. Uh, lake Minnetonka is the metro area's largest lake. And we live on the second largest lake, Lake Waconia, and it lost its ice cover this past Friday, May 4th. The ice out process begins with ice retreating from the shore and creating a belt of open water around the lake. Now, although some people believe that The ice sinks when it goes out. This is not the case. It melts into the warmer water. Uh, And and that's because ice is lighter than water, so ice cannot sink. Anyway, ice out is an exciting time, and people are anxious to get out on the lakes. But remember that the water is very cold, and because hypothermia can set in in just a few minutes, everyone should be wearing a life jacket. It doesn't matter who you are. I'll list just a few of the ice outs um, from the past few days from scattered areas around the state so people can get the picture here. But I talked to Lauren Burkle from Mankato last night, and he keeps track of a lot of things throughout the state. But he said the bigger lakes in northern Minnesota, such as Leach, uh, Mille Lacs Lake, Lake of the Woods, still were mostly ice covered. That was as of last night. One interesting note, though, Steve, this is incredible. Zippo Bay, I've been there before, right you know, part of the southern part of Lake of the Woods. Yesterday there was a northern pike fishing tournament. Twenty northerns over forty inches in length were caught. Wow. Now the the big fish were mostly spawned out females. I saw it for Lake Hendricks in in Lincoln County, that's southwestern Minnesota, right on the Minnesota South Dakota border, it was last Monday, April 30th, according to Matt Amundsen. And uh, Adrienne Hinchke from Lake Minibel, that's just south of Litchfield in Meeker County, has enjoyed seeing the open water there since May 1st. And last year, the ice went out March 19th the Lake Minibel. Terry and Catherine Frazier report that Green Lake at Spicer, where the governor's fishing opener takes place next Saturday, lost its ice cover. There, Thursday, May 3rd. I saw for Moosehead Lake, that's at Moose Lake, Carlton County, it was also this past Thursday, May 3rd, according to Al Henderson. And Steve Hancock reports that ice off for Potato Lake, just north of Park Rapids in Hubbard County, was this past Friday, May 4th. And he, and he noted that there was 26 inches of ice on the lake two weeks ago. Wow. So, was, so pretty amazing.
1: That is, that is extraordinary. As a matter of fact, we got uh, a text. It's out on Turtle Lake in Shoreview in Ramsey County on May 2nd. How about that? It, it is definitely been a late spring. Jim, we should jump in, take a quick break. And, of course, uh, Nature Notes with Jim Gilbert, brought to you by Cardinal Corner and by the Yard. Nature Notes with Jim Gilbert continues. Steve in for Denny this morning. Denny is away, but we will be back next Saturday and Sunday morning. Here on CCO. So, good news, uh, Jim. The ice is uh, moving out of the lakes. Uh, temps are warming oh, up. It's all good.
0: It is. It is. I got another one. Little McDonald Lake in Ottertail County, reported by Bud Stevens. Ice out was May 4th. That would have been Friday. Also, May 4th. Big Sand Lake near Dorset and Hubbard County, reported by Tom Fielges. Um, All kinds of so many interesting things. Um, Mary Lutzen from Lutzen reports that today is the last day for skiing and boarding at Lutzen Mountain Ski Area. May 6th is the latest they have ever been open. It was possible to both ski and golf on the same day this weekend as Superior National Golf Course opened this past Friday, May 4th. Mary notes that the first morning cloak butterfly was on the wing and Blue Downer Dragonfly, that was May 1st. Bird migrators returning this past week include Song Sparrows, White-throated Sparrows, and the beautiful singing Winter Wren. Russ and Sandy Ripberger live on the edge of Bass Creek in Brooklyn Park and have 45 wood duck nesting boxes on a half-acre lot. Let me tell you, their area looks just neat as a pin. We were there last summer to see it. Most of the Houses are occupied, and many wood ducks are incubating eggs. On Wednesday the 2nd, Russ saw his first-of-the-year newly-hatched Canada goose goslings at a pond in Golden Valley, and on Friday he saw two more families of newly-hatched goslings. And so that means that these nests were covered with 18 to 20 inches of snow three weeks ago while incubation was taking place. Unbelievable. Russ and Sandy observed their first of the year Baltimore at their grape jelly feeder May 1st. Keith Radle from Fairbolt reports that black-capped chickie laid their first egg in a nest in their yard on May 1st. Last year was April 17th. First bluebird egg laid on his trail. He's got over 100 nesting boxes out on his bluebird trail. But the first one laid was May 4th. Last year, 21 days earlier, April 13th, around May 1st each year, we look for what is called the big four birds to return to our yards and neighborhoods, and these would be Baltimore Oriole, Rose-breasted Grosbeak, Ruby-throated Hummingbird, and House Wren. Well, Ray and Marlene Simon from from Northfield observe all four on. Tuesday, May 1st. It's quite a feat to see all four of what we call the Big Four. Do we have time for a couple more? Sure. Okay. Tom and Lisa Bovers from Fairbolt are great observers. And they said that on Monday, the 30th, first blue-green donor dragonflies on the wing, red animal butterfly on the wing, first house return, and Tom saw 19 of his First-of-the-year birds, new birds for him, uh, because we had this strong, south wind coming in. On May 1st, they saw the first Canada goose goslings and first rose-breasted grosbeak arrive in their yard. As a matter of fact, five males and one female, first robertoroid hummingbird, also came to the feeders May 1st. Um, marsh marigolds are blooming in the Fairbowl area, as is the wild ginger. Jim Hovder from Rice notes at Little Rock Lake, I saw it May 2nd, and he said first catbird, first gray catbird arrived on May 3rd, first ruby-throated hummingbird also May 3rd, first oriole May 4th, and he went to St. Wendell, which is a, a small town about 15 miles southwest of Rice. Many purple martins had returned to their nesting colonies there. Well, do we have time for more? I don't know if I should do more. Well,
1: I, I did want to get to the text line and bring yeah, up do that. Uh, a couple of things that we saw. Um, rhubarb starting to pop up out of the ground. I, I'm always happy to see it because my wife makes some great things with rhubarb, and I can ha- hardly wait till we can pick rhubarb.
0: Oh, I know. And you know what? Rhubarb is from the southern part of Siberia. That's where it grew wild. Huh. It's been cultivated for centuries, and people look forward to this every year. You know, it's just tangy, these tangy pies and sauce and all these things.
1: Yeah, Mm. great to see. Uh, And once again, uh, there there was a text uh, about uh, Springbrook Nature Center and bird banding this morning. Okay. Yeah. So uh, once again, a lot of bird watchers right now, very, very busy indeed.
0: Oh, yes. Some of the other birds that have returned uh, lately include, and I can't even find my list. i got so many lists of things in my desk here from this morning. But other birds that have returned include chimney swifts, um, osprey. In fact, Matt Chute, Naturalist Matt Chute from the Minnesota Landscape Arboretum said all three nesting platforms for ospreys are occupied right now. And he said in his neighborhood in Golden Valley, the apricot trees are in full bloom and very fragrant. Oh, love those apricots.
1: How about this from the text line, Jim? Hummingbird this morning in the Faribault area, and that was text, texted in by Kathy. How about that, hummingbirds?
0: Hmm. yes. And whippoorwill. Uh, have you ever heard that? They go, whippoorwill, whippoorwill, whippoorwill. Sure. It was heard in the gray, let's see, gray cloud dunes scientific natural area that's washington county wow all
1: right well jim we've got to run it's always great uh always enjoy uh your visits with denny on the sunday mornings
0: come nighthawks back too anyway thank you steve look forward to hearing you many many times in the next couple of weeks
1: all right there he is jim gilbert once again nature notes brought to you by by the yard outdoor furniture and cardinal corner we have a quick break we'll have the weather and then it's healthy matters dr david hilden as a matter of fact he arrived with a fresh cup of joe we'll get started in a moment t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours